Good morning, church. How was your Thanksgiving? Is it good? Okay. Some of you guys are still waking up from the turkey coma. That's okay. You're here this morning, okay? So you made it. And if you're our guest, if you're, this is your first time here at NCC, or if you're watching online this week for the first time, we want to welcome you. Say thanks so much for worshiping with us. My name is Aaron, and I am the lead pastor here at NCC, and we're glad that you're joining us. This is the last week of this series that we've been in called F is for Family. And we've been talking every week about how no family is perfect, okay? None of us come from a perfect family, but we're all looking about how we can create a healthy family and how we can be that picture and that image of what God wants a healthy family to look like. And so we've covered a lot of things in this series, and we're going to finish up this morning. But we've talked about every week in this series how we want to invest in your family. And so we've done some fun giveaways along the way, and we're also doing a family getaway. And so this is your last week to enter the drawing. We've said every week that you're here, you can enter. And so you can text this number again this morning. We're going to have um, a family getaway that's tailored for your family. So if you have small kids, um, you'll have a chance to enter that. Or if your family looks different, it'll be something that'll be relaxing for you guys. So text your name and F is for family. And this week, we'll put all of those names in there. If you came multiple weeks, your name will go in multiple times, and then we will announce the winner next week. And so this is your last chance to do that. And also, before I jump in the message, I want to just share one last thing. Last week in the service, um, towards the end of service, we had a quick video from Peter Pignon, a licensed counselor um, who used to be a part of our church, and he's relocated to South Dallas now. And he shared a little bit about dealing with conflict in family. And we had a tremendous response um, to that video, and many people were asking questions about great counselors to see. And so I just want to share with you in spring, um, so we're looking early spring, we're, we've talked with a counseling group, and they're going to be housed out of New Community Church. And so they're going to be here a number of times during the week. And so if you have um, family counseling that you need, marriage counseling that you need, maybe it's past abuse or addictions, and you just need godly wisdom from someone else, this is a great group of Christian counselors that are going to be here. And so you don't have to drive to other places. You can come here to the church, and they'll be here a few nights of the week and, and possibly um, on Saturday morning. And so we're looking at some of those things. So we wanted to let you know that we're making that available, but that that will be a resource for our church um, to take advantage of as we continue to look about how we're building healthy families. And so in this series, if you've been here, if you missed any weeks, we've um, gone over a number of topics. We've talked about not letting technology take over our families. We've talked about dealing with conflict in family. We've talked about um, being an example of Christ both in our single life if you're single or if you're married, honoring God through your married life and being a representation of who Christ is through that. And today we're going to end this series by talking about leaving a family legacy, leaving a family legacy. And what we're going to talk about today, it's not just for, you know, parents of young kids and what you can do to help your kids grow up and know Christ. That's a part of it. But it's for all of us that once again, the family that God has placed us in, he's put us there on purpose. And so we want to look at how do we make an impact for future generations and for those that God has brought around us. And when I thought about this message, there was something that happened when I was younger that immediately came to mind. Whenever I was in elementary school, my parents were pastors um, of a church in a town called Shirley, Arkansas. So if you ever hear an accent, that's where it comes from, okay? I grew up in Arkansas for um, a part of my life. And 
Whenever my parents were pastors, there was one week I remember that I think they were going away on vacation or something. And so we stayed with a couple in the church, um, Ed and Mary. They were some great church leaders in our church. And so we were with them for the few days that my parents were out of town. And Ed came in on the first morning and he was getting ready to wake up my brother Michael and me and get us ready for school. And when he came into the room, we weren't there. And he kind of panicked for a moment, like he had lost his, right? And so he goes back into his bedroom and he's like, Mary, did you get Michael and Aaron up? And she's like, no. And so he went in the kitchen. He thought we were there, you know, getting breakfast, but we weren't. And so he goes into the living room and we're sitting on the couch dressed and ready for school. And he's like, what are you doing? And I look up and I'm like, hey, it's seven o'clock. It's time for family devotions. And he looks at me puzzled, like, what are you talking about? But in our household, the way that we grew up is at seven o'clock, my brother and I were always ready and we were sitting on the couch ready for family devotions. My parents would come and we'd read God's word together and we would pray together. And so we made Ed take out the Bible and read scripture with us and pray. He was a little puzzled at that, but every morning we were right there, we were ready. And it was just something that we did in our household. It was something that we grew up. And when I think about family legacies, I think about things like that, that my parents gave to my brother and myself, things that they did. And it wasn't just like reading a scripture or praying a prayer. It was this idea that no matter what our day was gonna look like, we needed to start it with Jesus. And it didn't matter if it was just a regular school day or what it was, that we needed a moment to pause and invite Christ into our life and invite him into that day that he would lead us and guide us. And when I think about things like that, I think that's part of the legacy that my family has given me. And my question for you is what kind of legacy are you leaving for others? Once again, it may not be your own kids. It may be cousins that you're close to. It may be your siblings. Um, you guys are adults now, but what kind of legacy are you leaving for other individuals? What kind of legacy are you creating in your family? Because once again, God has placed you there on purpose. And he's put you there for a reason. And so you're meant to lead spiritually in the family that God has placed you in. And so I want us to look at scripture this morning that talks about that. If you have your Bibles, turn to Joshua chapter 24. We're gonna start reading at verse 14. And if you didn't bring a Bible with you, that's okay. There's a Bible in the seat in front of you, maybe one or two seats over, but I wanna encourage you, take it out and turn to page 114 in that Bible and follow along with us as we look at God's scripture. And once you have that, Joshua 24, 14, hold on to that for just one moment. And in case you're like, I don't know what's going on in the book of Joshua, I'll give you a quick snapshot. The people of God had been in slavery for 400 years under Pharaoh in Egypt, okay? So God's people were slaves in Egypt for 400 years, and God raised up this leader named Moses. You may be familiar with him. And God used Moses to bring the people out of slavery. He parted the Red Sea. He's the one who got the Ten Commandments, part of the law of God, and gave it to the people of God. And he's bringing them out of slavery through the desert into the land of promise. But before they get to the land of promise, Moses passes away. He dies. He goes to heaven. And a new leader rises up named Joshua. And Joshua's leading the people. He leads them into battle. He leads them um, against fighting other nations and coming into the promised land. And Joshua helps divide up the land for the different families in the people of God, the different inheritance that they were going to receive. And even in chapter 24, we don't have time to read this, but Joshua starts to remind them of who their grandparents, 
great-grandparents, great-great-great-great-great-great-grandparents were, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Moses, these great individuals who were leaders spiritually in the family of God. And then he gives them a challenge for their family. And this is what he says in Joshua 24, 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your father served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua is standing before the people of God. And this is kind of one of the last gatherings that they have as a nation um, as the inheritance is being divided up. And Joshua has been the one that has led them up until this point. And he's standing in front of the different tribes in front of the different families. And he's reminding them what God has done in their past. But then he's telling them, he's challenging them, hey, you have a choice to make today. You have a decision. Choose today whom you will serve. And that same challenge is echoed to us that we have a choice, okay? We have a choice in our life. What kind of legacy we are going to leave for the next generation? What kind of legacy we are going to leave for our family and for those that God has placed around us? Now, I realize in a room this size, some of you may say, well, Aaron, that's easy for you to say because your parents were pastors, right? And, and I didn't wake up at seven o'clock and have someone pray with me. And no one was reading God's word with me. And no one was challenging me or taking me to church when I was little. That's great that you have a family legacy, but I don't have that. And if you're in, that, in, in this room this morning and you're in that situation of, I can't look back at this great legacy, I would say you fit in right with the Bible, with the people of God. Because when you read this, listen to what Joshua is saying. He's saying, God's done all of these amazing things, yet there's still people among you who have other gods. There's still people right here in our midst, even though you've seen the Red Sea part, even though you've seen water come from a rock in the desert, even though God has miraculously fed you quail and manna and bread from heaven all throughout this time that you've been in the desert, even though you've seen all of these things, there's still some of you worshiping other gods. And so there were people standing there that didn't have a great legacy, right? Whose father and whose mother were worshiping these other idols and these gods of Egypt and the gods of the Amorites in the land that they were in. And so Joshua is, challenge, Joshua is challenging them. It doesn't matter what your legacy was. It matters what it is going to be. And you have a choice to make today. And so maybe you come from a broken home and maybe no one was there to encourage you in the word of God. But the question is, what kind of legacy are you gonna leave? And there's a choice that you and I, that we have to make today. There's a decision that we have, just as Joshua is standing before the people and saying, hey, you've got to decide, are you going to continue to worship these other gods or are you going to trust in the one true God? You and I have that same decision this morning with our life. It doesn't matter what it's looked like up until this point. What kind of legacy are you going to leave for others? You have a choice to make today. And it's not easy you know, sometimes in our family, we look around at other people and we're like, well, it seems so easy for them, right? Like everything just comes together. Their kids are here, like their spouse is here. My kids won't come to church with me, 
Or maybe, hey, my, my wife or my husband, they won't come to church with me, so I'm sitting here alone. I don't have anyone to pray with me. And we think, well, it's just so easy for other people, but it's not easy. See, a healthy family doesn't happen on accident. It happens by the choices that you make. And yes, you may have to start alone. You may be alone at this point, but you have the opportunity to choose and to leave a legacy for future generations and to leave a legacy for your family members that are watching your life that is gonna change their destiny and it's gonna change their future. I was thinking about it like this. Most of us, I'm guessing, on Thursday sat down to a delicious meal. And I don't know about you, but my ideal meal um, I know I'm Mexican, but it doesn't include Mexican food for Thanksgiving, okay? It, it's, I'm not a big turkey guy, okay? I'm just going to admit that, but I love ham. So, so it's a plate full of ham. It's mashed potatoes. I love green bean casserole, okay? So just a birthday gift for anyone out there. My birthday's coming up, okay? Love green bean casserole, and, and it's so amazing. And, and sitting down, all of us, right, like you sat down, hopefully you were able to enjoy some meal with, with your family. No one assumed that that just happened accidentally, right? I mean, I doubt any of us just had a turkey that crawled up on your table and died and was instantly, you know, cooked, right? It, it happened because someone put in effort. And if your house is like my house, I mean, Sarah and Angela, they're the ones that cooked and they had it down to a science. So it was like 10 a.m., um, sweet potato casserole goes in, you know, cut the mashed potato, you know, all of this, right? Like 1 p.m., you got to put the pies in. And at this time, the rolls go in. Like it was a science, right? And so I sat down and I enjoyed that amazing meal. Why? Not because it was an accident, but because it took intentionality. And if you want to leave a family legacy, it's based on the choice that you're making today. And it's not going to happen by accident, you're not gonna end up with generations that are serving Christ by accident. It's because you intentionally made some decisions to say, God, I am devoting my life to you. And God, I'm making a decision that today, God, I will follow you and I will live in a way that honors you. And it's not easy, it's not accidental, but it happens as we make that choice. God, today, I choose to honor you with my life. And so I wanna give you just some super simple practical examples because you may be in this room and you may say, hey, I didn't have that, so I don't know where to start. And so here's just a springboard. You may come up with a lot of better and different ideas, but here's a couple of things that I want to give you. How about this? How about just a prayer jar? And so whenever you're with your uncles or your aunts or your cousins or your siblings or your mom or your dad at the holiday season, just take an empty jar and sit down together and write some prayers that you guys have. Could be things that you're stressed about, things that you're worried about, things that you need God to take care of. And then share them with one another and then put them in the jar. Sarah does this with our family. And then we have routine times throughout the year. It can be whenever you're together at Christmas or whenever that is, take those out and begin to read them. And it's amazing. And it's a powerful testimony of the faithfulness of God when you start pulling those things out and you're like, I don't worry about that anymore. Hey God, I remember two years ago when I wrote that down and I didn't know how you were gonna come through and now I look back, God, and you've taken care of that. God, you've done something. What a powerful testimony to your nieces, to your nephews, when they hear you reading those things and saying that, God, you've taken care of that. And so just something as simple as that. How about praying together as a family? Just whenever you get together, spending time praying together as a family, this is our family doing this. You can't even see all of us because... Sarah didn't want to disrupt our prayer time, but, but it's just pausing for a moment whenever we're together and spending a few moments just asking God to bless our family. 
And just in case you're like, Aaron, this is easy because you're a pastor and your dad's a pastor and your brother's a pastor. It's not easy. Our family's just like yours, okay? Someone's watching football. Someone's asleep on the couch because they ate too much turkey, right? Kids are running crazy, being noisy. And it is awkward to stop all of that and say, hey, can we have a moment where we just refocus on Christ? And mom and dad, where you pray for our kids? And some of the best memories that I have of our family are times like this where my dad is laying his hands on my kids, just saying, God, I'm asking for your favor this year. And God, I'm asking for your blessing. Some of those moments where we shut off all of the devices and where mom and dad come around me and Sarah and they just pray for our marriage and they ask God to bless our marriage and they ask God to touch Michael and Linnell's marriage and to touch their family and our ministry. Just those times where we stop everything else we're doing and where we just lift our our voices together and we ask God to bless one another. How about this? Family devotions together. Just talking with one another and opening up scripture, sharing God's word. Maybe you're away from your siblings and so you're older now and you you can't get together every morning, but what about a group text feed where you just say, hey, here's the scripture I read this morning, just thinking about you, I'm, I'm praying for you, where you begin to share with one another what it is that God is saying. Maybe you have a cousin that you're close to and so you just commit, hey, let's text each other every day and just share what it is that God is doing in our life or something that we're going through or how we can encourage and pray for one another. See, there's something you can do as a family and it's not just the giant choices. You guys, it's not just the big moments. It's important to put Christ into those. It's the small everyday things. It's those small choices that you make every day to live for Christ, to share his love, to be an example, to pray for those that God has put around you. See, that's why Joshua is saying this, choose today whom you're gonna serve. Is it gonna be all the other gods? Are you gonna live like everyone else in the world or are you gonna put God first in your life and honor him in every area of your life? See, he goes on to say this, whether you're gonna serve the gods of your fathers in the region beyond the river, the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. See, Joshua had a commitment. I'm gonna leave a legacy. I'm gonna leave a legacy. And as he verbally declared that, as he's saying that in front of all the people as his kids and his family, as they're around him hearing that, I'm going to leave a legacy. As for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. That statement didn't just affect Joshua, but it was affecting future generations. That decision that he made that day was committing to God to do something with his life that was gonna make a difference and an impact around him. See, have you made that declaration? Are you living in that way in your life for those that God has placed around you? Once again, it's not just when your kids are little, it's for others that God has placed in your family. When I think about this right here, I think about, I've shared this before, that there was a time in high school where my brother and I, we walked away from God. And we weren't wanting to go to church. I remember my parents making us go to church and I would literally hide around the side of the church building come in at the last moment and leave as quick as I could because I felt like, man, that's all of church that I could handle. But one of the things that I remember most about that time are phone calls with my grandma. And my grandma, she's just this short five foot Mexican lady, but she is powerful. And every time I would talk to her on the phone, she'd say, Aaron, I'm praying for you. And I'd say, yeah, yeah, grandma, you're praying for me. And she'd say, no, I don't think you understand. I'm praying for you. Every day I'm on my knees asking God, to be present in your life, 
Asking God to remind you of the call that he has over your life. Praying that God's blessing and God's favor, praying that you would know the love of God and that his presence would be near to you. And church, I truly believe that I'm standing here today because of some of those prayers that my grandma prayed. Because at a time when I was far away from God, when I wasn't trusting him, there was someone that was praying for me and praying for a legacy in the Escamilla family that God would do something and that he would save my brother and me and bring us back to himself. It's because of the prayers that someone was praying. Proverbs 22.1 says this, a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches and favor is better than silver or gold. One of the best things that you can give your family, your children, those around you, it's not a financial inheritance. It is a good name. It's a legacy that is following after Christ. See, that's what we're called to do. And I love this. So many times I'll, I'll go into our church database system and I'll look at different families and I see some of you and you guys have like 12 or 13 kids, but they're not your kids. It's that every week you're bringing your niece or your nephew with you. Sometimes it's not even your family members, like it's your neighbor. And you're creating a legacy for someone that's not even a part of your family because you want them to know the love of God. Because you're willing to get up and go out of your way on a Sunday morning whenever you're running late to stop and to pick up someone else because you want their future to be different. You want them to know the love of God. This is what Joshua is talking about. When we make a decision, God, I am going to live for you in our life. God is calling us to impact those around us and to make a difference, to create a future legacy for those that God has placed in our life. I remember whenever I was in college, this was a number of years ago, and, and I was in Waxahachie, Texas, and, and the town is very segregated. If you've ever been to Waxahachie, it was at that point. The east side um, was a lot of low-income families, and I just felt like in a town with a Bible college, people start studying to go into the ministry, the town should not be like that. And so every single week, a few times a week, I would go over to the east side. And I connected with this group of about eight or nine kids. They all lived in the same house. Some of them brothers or sisters, some of them cousins, but they were being raised by their grandma. And so with a group of friends, we'd go every week and we'd get all of these kids in a park together and we'd just share Jesus with them. And we'd pray for them. We'd read a Bible story. We'd play football. We'd play tag. Over the course of those few years, those eight or nine kids, I got to be really close with them. And I took them to church with me. I took them to get ice cream. I took them to the park. I prayed for them and I let them know, hey, God loves you. Sarah and I, we moved away. We were youth pastors in Illinois for about 10 years. But a few years after we moved back to Texas, probably about 12 or 13 years later, I was at a car wash in Red Oak, Texas. And this young man comes up to me. I didn't recognize him. And immediately he looks at me and he says, you're Aaron Escamilla, aren't you? And I said, yeah. And he said, you may not remember me, but every week you would come and you would tell me about Jesus when I was about seven years old. And you picked me up and you took me to church and you cared about me. And because of what you did, my life is different today. And he said, I just wanted the opportunity to just share with you what that meant, the time that you spent with me, the kind of impact it's made a difference in who I am today. You guys, I don't know that guy's name. And I wasn't a part of his story for very long of his life but just a simple act of just being there, of just showing up and, and playing football and, and praying for them and letting know, them know someone care, it made a difference in that person's life. Who is it that's around you? They may not even be your own kids, but God's saying, hey, I wanna use you to create a legacy. 
I want to use you to change someone's future. I want to use a simple thing that you're doing right now, but it's going to make an eternal impact in someone else's life because you're being faithful and you're committing your life to Christ. Let me give you this last illustration. There was an individual in the early 1900s who was studying family trees. And he looked at this well-known preacher, Jonathan Edwards. You guys may be familiar with the name. Um, Sometimes you have to read sermons in history class, and his is pretty well known. Jonathan Edwards lived in the 1700s. He was a pastor. Him and his wife, Sarah, had 11 children. And this educator looked back on 150 years of, of descendants of Jonathan Edwards. What impact did his life really make? And when he looked at Jonathan Edwards' legacy, the family that he left, he discovered that one of his descendants was a U.S. vice president, three U.S. senators, three governors, three mayors, 13 college presidents, 13 judges, 65 professors, 80 public office holders, over 100 lawyers, and over 100 missionaries. Just from this one couple that said, God, we're gonna choose to honor you. They did a similar study for someone that lived around the same time as Jonathan Edwards, but he was not a pastor. He was a criminal, was in prison for murder. His name was Max Jukes. And from his descendants, it included over the past 150 years, seven murderers, 60 thieves, 500 women in prostitution, 130 other convicts, 310 of his descendants living in poverty homes or poor houses, 400 who would physically wreck because of an indulgent lifestyle that they lived. It's estimated that Max Jukes' descendants cost the United States government over $1,250,000 because of the sinful lifestyle that they were living in. See, you may not ever know the impact that your life is gonna have. And you may not know the difference the way that you're living right now will make for future generations and for even people that are surrounding your life. But church, I'm here this morning to tell you God has called you to leave a legacy for your family. And he's called you to live in such a way that you would choose Christ to be the center of your life, that you would choose him to be the main focus of your life, and that that one decision, that choice day after day to honor God and to live in that way would impact future generations in ways that you and I cannot even imagine. And so we're going to respond just in this simple way this morning, is many times together as a church, we'll pause in moments like this in the service, and we'll take communion together. But we're not going to do that this Sunday you're gonna take communion together as your family. And so in the back of each of these sections, whenever you're dismissed today, there are bags just like this with this sheet of paper in them, and there are these communion elements. And what I'm simply asking you to do is to think of your family, okay? It may just be you and your spouse. You guys may have kids. There may be other family. It may be you and your roommate. But to take as many of you need, as you need of this in one of these bags and just to place them in the bag, and that you would find time this week to take communion together and to let that be a springboard for the spiritual legacy that you want to lead in your house. And you may be sitting there saying, Aaron, I don't, I don't know how to do communion. Like, I can't do that. We've made it super simple, okay? The scripture's there. We've even written out the prayer, okay? If you're like, I don't know what to pray, we've written it out for you. And it's step-by-step step of how to lead your family in communion. And there may be students in this room and you may say, well, my parents don't come to church. That's okay. Lead spiritually. Lead spiritually. Lead your family and remind them. Take a moment and remind them what Christ has done, the sacrifice 
that he made. Parents in this room, pause this week with your kids. Take a moment in the evening or on Saturday sometime before you're back here on next Sunday and just take a moment and share communion together and give thanks for what Christ has done, the sacrifice that he has made and make a commitment together as a family to leave a spiritual legacy, to live in a way that honors God and that impacts future generations. Church, I'm reminding you this morning, there's a choice that you're making. The way that you're living is gonna affect others. And just like Joshua challenged the people of God, God is challenging us this morning, what kind of legacy are you leaving? What kind of legacy are you giving to future generations? Because it's gonna make an impact. And our goal is to live in such a way in our families that it honors Christ and that it brings glory to him and that it changes people's eternity and their destiny.